Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. As we watch Israel battle a Hamas terrorist and, and try to eradicate this evil threat from their midst, it's amazing to me to see the amount of anti-Semitism that is being waged against Israel. I mean, Israel was not the ones who launched an unprovoked attack against families, raping and killing women and teenage girls, and beheading babies, ripping babies from their mother's wombs, and doing things that would amount to crimes against humanity if it were anywhere else except, it seems like, warring against Israel. Things are changing on the ground in this war almost on a daily basis. And unfortunately, there's also a time delay between the time when we record these interviews and discussing things as we see them today and the actual airing of these episodes. And we're trying to get this information out to you as fast as possible. But what is really important is not the what's happening now portion of the interviews, but what does it mean in the big picture of end time scenarios? And to help us with this discussion about these topics, I've invited our good friend T.S. Wright back on the program today. Amen. Scott Wright is a prophecy expert and author of the God Center Concept Journal. He's back today to discuss the events happening right now in Israel. And as I said, relating to the big picture of the end time. So help me welcome back to the program, Scott Wright. Scott, it's great to have you back on again today. And a lot's happened since we talked a week ago. Bob, hey, it's great to be back on and, and looking forward to a fun discussion. Amen. Amen. Well, Israel has now launched their ground campaign and moved into the Gaza Strip. I mean, they're launching more bombing campaigns than ever before prior to them moving into the actual area to conduct ground operations. And I heard one commentator relate it to the exact opposite of what would be called a blitzkrieg operation in World War II. He called this a slow creep. They're only moving about 100 yards at a time bombing and destroying the buildings in front of them. Then they move into the area and begin a search, basically looking for the entrances to the tunnel system and then moving down into the tunnels. And from what I can relate to, they're pushing Hamas basically out of these areas or destroying them if they stay and try and fight. And this slow creep is also allowing the civilians to try and flee that immediate area as well, limiting the number of unintended casualties. Have you heard anything about that lately? Well, First of all, I just want to say that Israel wrote the playbook on how to deal with this stuff. They are as good at handling these situations as probably any government in the world. So they've dealt with it enough. They've had enough experience that they know what to do. So, yes, I mean, the, the creeping in and really taking things section by section is really probably is the best strategy that they could use gives it gives them a better chance of getting the hostages out it gives them a better chance of limiting civilian casualties but it also what it does is it allows hamas at any point here they can stop this 
Yeah. They can. It gives them, they are giving as many opportunities for Hamas to end this as possible because of the way that they're doing it. It's, it reminds me a little bit of Okinawa and Iwo Jima and how the U.S. had to fight those, that, those two battles and how slowly they had to move. You, you literally had to move from cave to cave. Yeah. And it, and while there were civilian casualties in both of those battles, it helped them limit as much as possible. But the Japanese were doing a lot what the Japanese forces of that time were doing a lot of what Hamas does. And they were using people as human shields. And so as much as they could, the Americans tried to avoid that. And, of course, they had some British fighting with them, not as much as it was in Europe. But... What was basically going on was the same thing. And so Israel's using that same strategy and trying to limit civilian casualties, which they're doing it the right way and and starting to make that move through Gaza and try to push Hamas into a corner is what they're doing and see if they'll surrender. But here's the thing, and this is really the part that, and I'm sure you're going to have some fun, I guess fun's not really the right word, but some interesting questions about this in this broadcast and that is Iran and their involvement in this. I think the story right now is Iran. I think Iran is the centerpiece of the story as much as anything, you know, we we're getting, everybody's getting the information on what's going on with Hamas. And then of course Hezbollah in the North, you know, they're, they're kind of playing games is really what they're doing. They're kind of playing a cat and mouse game in the North and Israel, just trying to provoke them. But Iran is getting to the point that they are almost fully engaged in a proxy war here. Yeah. I mean, fully engaged, not just, not just supporting Hamas and angling them, but literally, I mean, it's almost like these guys are their troops. Yeah. They are, they are getting dangerously close. And I think the question is, is, when is the United States going to respond to these attacks that frankly are coming directly from Iran on our military out there? That's my question. I think what uh, this administration is worried about is, you know, if they were to attack Iran, then Russia would come in and help Iran. And now we, we have entered world war three. Yes. Because you can't just, you know, Okay, well, we pushed them out of Israel, so Iran, Russia, you can stop now, you know, type thing. It's, it would, you know, something would have to give. And again, that goes back to the, you know, Ezekiel 38 war, the Psalms 83 war. And I was watching a, a little thing on YouTube with these prophecy experts, and they said, it's which is going to come first, Psalm 83 or Ezekiel 38? And it's the chicken and the egg. You know, they couldn't right. say which one was going to come first, but both of them will happen and it'll be back to back simultaneously. But it says, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, in the, in the long scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Both are going to happen. You know? right. so, and, and I mean, this is war. A war is terrible. Unfortunately in war, there are non-combatants who will die or be injured. You know, war is not meant to be, you know, neat and tidy. Okay, the sun went down. You guys can stop now. We'll see you tomorrow. I mean, it's war is a uh, diplomacy in its last 
act because it takes casualties on both sides. And, and Israel, for years, decades, has been over backwards to try to appease Hamas and Hezbollah and these other factions. But this unprovoked attack that murdered over 1,300 Israelis went over what they could tolerate any, any longer. I mean, I believe last time we were on, we discussed an equivalent number based on the population comparison between the United States and Israel would be if, you know, Canada came in and, and murdered, you know, snuck in overnight and murdered 50,000 of our citizens overnight. You know, I mean, if that happened, what would the United States be forced to do? We'd deal with it and quickly, decisively. And there'd be yeah. nobody that could tell us, oh, just be nice and send them some aid. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what everybody's trying to tell Israel to do. You know, Israel had to remind even the United States about this. You know, say, well, no, we're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the other uh, you were talking about that. The other the other verse or the other passage to look at is Zechariah fourteen, and there's an interesting verse in here that gives and and I'm not saying that's going to happen in this particular situation but at some point this is going to happen and it says in verse 12 and I wanted to bring that up today and you you kind of already tapped on it in verse 12 Zechariah 14 and this will be the plague with which the Lord strikes all the peoples who have warred against Jerusalem their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet their eyes will rot in their sockets and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, a great panic from the Lord will come upon them so that each will seize the hand of another and the hand of one will rise against the other. Judah will also fight at Jerusalem and the wealth of all the surrounding nations will be collected, gold, silver, and apparel in great abundance. And a similar plague will strike the horses and mules, camels and donkeys, and all the animals in those camps. So that is going to hit the enemies of Jerusalem. That and sounds that, like nu- a nuclear weapon to it me. It does. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, and, you know, for them, the way they would have explained it in that day, that would have been a pretty good explanation. They wouldn't have known what a nuclear weapon was right. when yeah. the Lord was explaining that to them. So for them in their mind, that's how they would have, that's how that would have had to explain. And it's going to happen quickly and suddenly. So we know at some point, something of that nature is going to happen. Yep. And Zechariah is prophesying that. Ezekiel 38 prophesies stuff. We've got, you know, Amos. In the book of Amos, it's prophesied that Israel will be planted in the land and never be uprooted again. So we, we've got enough prophecy from the Old Testament to know, you know, that, that these things are going to happen. Do I think they're there yet? No. What I've said before, and I keep saying again, is that I think you're just seeing chess pieces being put into place that'll eventually lead to this. Yeah. And yeah. it could be that they're put in a place and you know how this goes. Yep. It happens. We have a period of, of war here and then there's a calming, a cooling off period. Yeah. You know, the land rests from war. I mean that even in the old Testament days, God would have a time for resting from war. And so there'll be this period of peace and then there'll be all this stuff. And then there'll be another buildup. I would not be shocked if that's how this happens. And then, you know, down the road here, still in our lifetime, then this takes place again. And that's when it happens. Yeah. So I, I, I think what this is, is a set is one of the setup events. Yeah. What's going to happen a little bit later on. 
Yep. Last time, you know, we, we referenced, you know, God moving pieces. I think we said pawns around on the chessboard, you know, setting things up for the final move in a chess. The final move is checkmate where yes. the king cannot move anywhere, you know, and, uh, and that's then game over. Right. So what do you think is being set up in the spirit right now that we're witnessing? Has he started moving some rooks or bishops around yet? Here's what I think's coming. And I and, and I've I've tried to contemplate what, and I've prayed about it, and I've just contemplated it just from a logical standpoint, just just logically, and looking at evidence of things that are going to come. What would provoke, you know, if you go to Ezekiel 38, he talks about setting the hook in their mouths. What would provoke them to go to that level? So kind of walk with me here. If if Israel, when this is done, decides Gaza is too big of a risk for us to leave it as is, and they just take it over and say, you know what, Gaza is going to belong to Israel now, just like they did in 1967. You know, they took over more land. What if they take this over? And then that starts to lead to a push that you know that a lot of people know it's going on behind the scenes. Eventually now something happens to the Dome of the Rock and they start rebuilding that temple. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how I can, I am starting to see how that could a lot more easily happen now. There's a bigger push for the temple to be built in Israel. And this Gaza thing could be a little bit of a spark to get some of that moving. And then you imagine they get that built and they start doing the temple sacrifices, the sacrifices of the temple and all of that stuff for a little while. You imagine how that's going to infuriate part of the Islamic world. Oh yeah. Some of the Islamic world's not going to, they're not going to react to that in the same way. They're not going to have that, that type of reaction to it, but some of it will. And Russia backs a lot of those that would. Yep. And so you, you think about that. And then you let a little time go by, a little anger build up, and then you see these little, a little more terrorist attacks that are happening, or maybe a little bit outside of Israel, but towards Jewish people. We're seeing, I mean, oh, yeah. we're seeing persecution happen here in the United States. Anti Semitism, yeah, anti Semitism yeah. is happening right now. I mean, yeah, I've not. I mean, I haven't seen a rise like this in a while. Oh, I know. I never thought we'd see such anti Semitism. Like we're seeing in the past week or two, especially here in the United States, you know. Yeah. But as this just this just goes right along with the Bible describes as every nation will be against Israel in the last days, yes. you know. And I just, I mean, it's just, and it's kind of a slow buildup, but yeah. I see some of those type of things that could be the those are the setup pieces that will eventually lead to that. You know, I think. I could see the Gaza being taken over by Israel and them finally just saying, we've had enough. Little time passes. Then they start moving towards doing something with the temple. Then they do that. Little time passes. And then all of a sudden, there's this sudden strike that the Bible predicts is going to happen. And of course, they're annihilated. You know, and you think about what would happen. Israel has atomic weapons. The United States has a missile defense system that's unlike anything in the world. 
and they have we have the second largest nuclear arsenal but the best missile defense system and we defend israel i could see how this could happen and it won't it may not look supernatural to somebody but god has supernaturally placed the united states in a position to not only arm israel but to protect israel that is god's arm God does supernatural things through natural means. And people, we need to see that sometimes. Sometimes we're waiting for a hand to just reach out of the sky and do it. God doesn't always do that. I mean, we don't spread the word of God through God speaking through the clouds. He uses right. other people to supernaturally do it. Even miracles. You know, laying hands of somebody and they're being healed. God still uses that person through the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. So God will use natural means to create supernatural results. Right. And I think that Amen. sometimes we need to step back and look at it like that. And I think from a logical standpoint, I think the taking of Gaza could be a start to Israel expanding its influence in its own region to eventually leading to them building the temple. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, see this maybe right now Qatar is the uh, happening. Qatar is the mediator right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, that opens up. Which a is interesting. Thing. Yep. And, you know, I've picked up on some discussions where it seems like if it gets to this point where, you know, Iran might be coming involved and, you know, Israel has basically defeated Hamas and Hezbollah is getting fired up and they're getting ready to, to go into there that the groundwork for the seven year peace deal could be implemented and uh, you know, saying, Hey, you know, look, what's going to take for everyone just to settle down. Okay. Yeah. Let's let, you know, the Palestinians have their land in Israel, their Gaza, they can rebuild that. And, you know, Hezbollah, you know, up there in Lebanon, you guys just hang loose israel what will it take what 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 can we give you if you'll just leave everything alone and they'd be the temple it'd be the temple and it'd be a and, bargaining chip yep and that that would open the door to them putting the temple up on the temple mount which you know as we discussed in some prior episodes would begin these seven years as discussed in the bible and halfway through that we're right back where we are right now. <laughs> yeah. I think I think one of the preliminary, talking about chess pieces being moved, I think one of the preliminary agreements that started that was the Abraham Accords that nobody paid attention to because COVID was going on back in 2020. is one of the last things that the Trump administration did before they got out of office. And I think the UAE, is going to play a major role in this. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dubai could very yeah. well be Babylon the Great as described in the book of Revelation. And I also believe that Saudi Arabia will play a major role. See, I think part of the reason that this started, that Iran pushed Hamas to do this, was because Saudi Arabia was getting ready to potentially join the Abraham Accords. I think that yeah. was coming. Yeah. And that's obviously been on put on pause. But I think that eventually will happen as a part of a growing peace that we talk, we've talked about that revelation, obviously, that, that is predicted in the Bible. And we're going to 
we're going to see that as a result of of this. I I still think something from all of this is going to eventually push to something with the temple. I just yeah. amen. I, and I think that's the you know you said you said it. Where's checkmate? Checkmate is the temple being built, and it sparks a fire in part of the Islamic world. And part of that world that it, that Russia supports of them trying to fire back. Yeah, Amen. I think that will that that sudden attack that's eventually that's just wiped out is is going to be that right there. I think that could be the cause of it. Yep. And I Amen. see Saudi Arabia being a big player in this, as well as the UAE. Something with those Abraham Accords, I, I see doing that. So. Amen. Amen. You know, you're what we're this war that we're watching unfold is a war that started from the time of Abraham. Yeah. We can go back in the book of Genesis and read about how this came about. God yeah. said this would happen. He basically was already writing prophecy because Abraham and Sarah did not, they didn't trust God to provide the child that he said he would That's eventually. Right. Provide instead, Sarah used yeah. her um, slave Hagar. Yep. Hagar to give to Abraham to sleep with and to have a child with, so that Sarah could have a child. Yep. yep. I mean that what is caused yep. all of this? Yeah, I just preached on that this last Sunday. <laughs> so, exactly. So, yep. and and you 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 preached it, you studied it just like I have, yep. and. It's it's what's it's what's sparking it's what keeps the fire lit and God said it would. Yeah. I mean, all of this prophecy that we read in the Old Testament and all this end time stuff came from that. It, it, it well, and really there's three I always say there's three events that caused all of end time prophecy. The first event was Genesis three. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, what? Genesis three. The second was the Tower of Babel. Yep. And the third was Abraham not being faithful, him and Sarah not being faithful and waiting on the child that God was going to give them. Yep. And instead, him sleeping with her her maidservant, her mm -hmm. slave, and having a child with her. That's it. That's what caused yep. all this. Exactly. exactly. I mean, why, why would the gospel and Jesus even be necessary without Genesis 3? That's right. Genesis 3 made the gospel relevant. I mean, when we think about it, that is what it came from. I mean, in a way, even though Christ was already there before the beginning was created, Christ having to come to the earth as a person was created because of what happened in Genesis 3 in the garden. Yep, that's right. Amen. Amen. Well, as I stated, I know things, folks, are is changing on a daily basis right now. And, Scott, I'd love to have you come back on another week or so. We can discuss the most recent events as they unfold right. from this point forward. Uh, would you same be time, to same that? place. Amen. Amen. Folks, these events Scott's been sharing with us today, they're not something that's new. As he said, it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis. Praise God. These events have been building for decades and centuries, but we are now witnessing, as Scott put it, a chess match being played out in front of us. These end time scenario events are just like that. Jesus himself said there would be signs and all that that occur prior to the end times. 
And he gave some examples in addition to the book of Revelation, which he had John write about. Pay attention to what you're seeing on the news right now. Pray for Israel. Pray for the Palestinian civilians that are trapped. Pray that they would all come to know Christ as their true Savior. Amen. I want to remind you that we're not sharing this to instill fear, but faith. And in these days and times in which we live, we're always reminded to look up because our redemption is drawing near. Until next time, it's Pastor Bob with Scott Wright and myself telling you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.